0: All right. Well, happy Dad's Day. Um, man, there's, it's so fun. Um, and I know that we, we always are, are empathetic and sympathetic that some days, sometimes Father's Day or a Mother's Day is, is difficult. It's challenging uh, for various reasons. Some of you may have lost your, your father already. Maybe, they, maybe they've passed away. Maybe you didn't have a good father. And maybe that's hard. Maybe, maybe there was abandonment. So, so what we, what we want to do here is we want to recognize, or maybe you've wanted to be a father, and, and for whatever reason, you haven't been able to be. And uh, so we're empathetic to know there's a lot going on. But then there's those who had amazing dads, or you are an amazing dad, and you're being celebrated. So, so this is, these are days that we want to weep with those who are weeping that we grieve with those who have had loss or hardship, but we want to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. So that's part of today. Uh, so usually we, we I try to do a message that encourages dad but brings everybody in and encourages dads. Um, but today I, I really feel like the best way I can encourage all of you is talk about a really good father. His name happens to be Jesus. So so we're going to go there uh, here in a minute, and that's, that's where the message is going to be. Um, but first, j- just a couple things. There is... There is this call uh, to a very, very important critical vote, and we'll we'll definitely give you a lot more information as it comes closer, but I want to give you some time to register to vote if you're not a registered voter. In August, there's going to be a very pivotal thing on the election ballots as far as protecting the Constitution, which helps protect life. And we are pro-life here. We are very outspoken, outward about that, not ashamed of that at all. Um, so make sure you're registered to vote because in August, there is a critical thing happening uh, to help in this action. So just a little thing, little little thing. Even uh, some of you may have turned 18, and and you may be young, but make sure. Register to vote. Parents, help your kids who are 18 register to vote and make sure they can get out there. Um, it's good to be back. Thank you for the grace here. Thank you for... Um, your support, your love, uh, your your encouragement. We we took two Sundays off. We were in Florida, and uh, we watched live the first week. Watched. Josh had an amazing word on the practical tips and ways of prayer. Um, and then I I did not watch live last week. We were on our way to the beach. We did not watch live, but I did listen to the sermon. How many enjoyed my dad speaking? Woo! I, uh, Nicole, she was pressed for time this week Have you listened to my dad's message? No, not yet I said, well, if you want, you can just start at 15 minutes Because the first 15 minutes are family stories and jokes we've already heard So I was like, you can listen to the last 33 minutes No, And uh, she actually didn't get to any of it But I know she'll listen to all of it But it was awesome So it's good to have a variety of speakers here and, uh, But really honored my dad And uh, I just want to wish him happy Father's Day Founder of this church good dad. You want to stand up, dad? We'll honor you. Like he said about his dad last week, I've also, my siblings and I, we've also had a good dad. My dad definitely brings the fun. He's, He's worked hard his whole life to support us. To provide for us to have vacations for us he's always worked two three four jobs partially to support us and give us money and partially because that guy loves to be busy and he loves to tell you he's busy he loves to tell you that he goes to more meetings than anybody you know he so but anyway he is a hard worker he's always been a good provider and brought the fun I remember don't judge us we gamble a little bit all right Uh, on vacations I remember growing up we would all save our pennies and then we'd play penny poker on vacation, and uh, I think it was just a way for him to get our money, because he'd always play blackjack, and you know that's a dealer's game, right? And he was always the dealer, so it happens. We'd go with our pennies and, and go play blackjack, and we'd have these heavy bags of pennies and nickels, and, and my dad, he'd, uh, he'd deal blackjack, pastor's kids playing blackjack on, on vacation. We'd look forward to it. At least I did. Did you guys as well? Yeah, I did. So anyway, my dad's always been the fun. Uh, he would do various things to give us Christmas and give us vacations, and uh, that was a priority for him because family's a priority in that connection. And uh, he'd always do side hustles. He would, he would be a part-time mail deliverer, a part-time counselor, uh, sell fake Gucci watches and Rolexes. <laughs> I got in on that a little bit. He's like, Aaron, for any watch you sell, I'll give you ten bucks. All my teachers when I was in grade school were wearing fake Gucci's and Rolexes. You guys want to buy a watch? (laughs) So anyway, and I might get my charm and uh, good looks from him as well. So anyway, uh, let let me let me encourage some dads before I just talk about the greatest dad that's ever existed on the planet, and we get into this. Uh, First off, you know, be a dad. And, and, and if you're not a dad, help somebody else be a dad. If you're not a, a dad, be a son, be a daughter. You can't be a dad until you're a child, right? You can't be a great leader until you're a great follower and a great servant. You, great leaders have been great followers. You'll find eventually there'll be challenges in leaders' lives who were not great followers. So if you're not a dad, be a, be a, be a follower, encourage somebody else, be there. Um, be, be there for your kids, be present. This is not present. It's not present. You should know more about your kids' lives than you do your coworkers, than you do your golfing buddy, than you do your workout partner, than you do to the person in the cubicle next to you. You should know more about your kids. you got to ask them questions. Be there. Affirm, 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 affirm. They will not overdose on affirmation. Your kids, people around you even, and I'm not just talking natural kids, the people around you, disciple them, encourage them, do, do the embodiment of Jesus and, and give them comfort and, and adoration and affirmation and encouragement. They will not overdose on that, all right? And, uh, and if they get puffed up with arrogance, the Lord will deal with that. But they need, we need a generation of moms and dads that are going to foster a generation of young people. To call out the gold in them? Because let me just tell you this, culture's not. There is an all-out assault and a ploy to get your kids and grandkids serving somebody other than God. Serving money, serving time, serving, serving whatever, serving evil, serving unrighteousness, serving culture, serving all these things that are happening right now. And I'm telling you, if you can just be a parent, be a father, be a mother that calls out the gold in this generation, we'll see a generation come to Jesus. It's, it's not like maybe we grew up, it's not maybe the way we, we needed it when we were young, but it's something different. If you look at Asbury, if you look at these different movements... Being, uh, being a dad isn't, isn't a trophy. It's not a badge. Leo told me today they were trying to cook breakfast for Robert and try to get him breakfast and all the kitchen lights were out. So Robert's trying to rewire out a, a switch to make it work. That, that's a dad. Yesterday I I, you know we were gonna celebrate me at Father's Day and I had to service my air conditioner and do a bunch of stuff and and I remember I'm I'm full of mud, I'm full of I'm I'm wet and, and I'm just wanting to sit in a pool and just hang out with my family. But that's being a dad, like we have to foster a generation and it takes some work, it takes some sacrifice, right? And I'm not just speaking to the men, I'm I'm speaking to all of us in here. Be an example that you want your kids to either be like or marry or your grandkids, or whatever that looks like to you. Be that person. All right. Now, if you're not a dad or, or whatever, just, just help out somebody. Maybe your dad wasn't there for you. Maybe uh, never affirmed you, maybe abused you, maybe neglected you, maybe put his work before you, maybe put other things before you, maybe a hobby before you. I'm, I want to talk about a father who has never put anything above you, but gave himself to sacrifice himself to to redeem you back to the father I'm talking about the greatest father on earth The perfect father That no matter how good or bad our father was There is no comparison on this planet Of how good God is And how good of a father he is And it's so weird and it's so crazy That it can't be explained And there's these, these, these mindsets of Why would this ever be possible And why would this be true That God would, would sacrifice this man on earth And make him die and murder him To save others I'll tell you why. Because there was a group of people that were lost in sin, and there was a group of people that were sacrificing animals, and even at some points in parts of this culture, people. That God became the ultimate sacrifice, that there was no longer a blood sacrifice needed because these people were yearning for it. So Jesus became the lamb. He became the sacrifice. So the father sent his son, perfect, no sin, born of a virgin, To die for you and I to connect us back to an eternal family in heaven and with father god forever So let's go to deuteronomy here because this is a cool story and I like it I um I was on vacation and i've been leaning into this for a few weeks and I was just up early just meditating uh, With the lord and like lord what how I, I knew he wanted me to speak on just him being a good father Like that's father's day father's day's message is about me being a good father. Okay, cool. I'm good and then weeks go by, and I'm, I'm processing, I'm, as I run, I'm, I'm trying to think of this, as I drive, I'm like, okay, Lord, what is it? And I woke up early one day, and I'm just sitting there, and uh, Nicole, I think, was doing a devotional inside, and I'm outside in this real cool little lanai with a, with a pool there, pretty good view, and, um, and, he, and he just gave me this picture of Moses and Joshua, and I love this story because here, um, Joshua and Moses, you, you can look through Exodus and Numbers, and you can see how close Joshua and Moses are, and it makes this so, so fitting for today, because you could say that Joshua was as close to Moses as a son. They journeyed together. Joshua was with him when Moses was, uh, had this face-to-face encounter with the Lord. All right, they, they journeyed, and you can read several scriptures that talk about how close they were, paralleling what a father-son relationship would be like. So then we get here, and Moses is old in age. You know, Moses was told by the Lord that he would take people out of slavery, out of Egypt, into the promised land, right? So then we get here, and, and here's, here's where we are. So Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel. And, and I'll, I'll hit on a few points here, but to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. So on his birthday, he's like, he's like all right, we're going we're to have a meeting, So 120 today, and I am no longer able to go out and come in. The Lord has said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you so that you shall dispose them. And Joshua will go over at your head as the Lord has spoken. And the Lord will do to them as he did to the Seon and the Og, the kings of the Amorites and to their land when he destroyed them. And the Lord will give them over to you and you shall do to them according to the whole commandment that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Doesn't that sound like a father's message? Like a dad, a leader. Moses is telling the people, be strong and courageous. Everybody say, be strong and courageous. Do not fear fear or be in dread of them for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. The Father God goes before you. He's, he's sharing this with the Israelites. He's sharing what the Lord's told him. He's sharing this message, all right? And, and, and he's saying, I'm not gonna be the one that goes, Joshua is. But be strong and courageous. The Lord, Father, the Father of, of, of heaven and earth will not leave you or forsake you. Then here's what he does. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. This is a dad. This is a father. This is a leader. This is a person that has seen the most miraculous, craziest stuff coming out of Egypt in, this, in the 40 years of triumph, right? To get to the promised land. And he's saying, hey, it's, it's actually not going to be me, guys. It's going to be Joshua. See, the difference between a dad and a son or, or, or a parent and children is a dad gives it all away. A dad doesn't hold on to it. Let, let, me, let me just say this. Pastoring here is not my identity, it's, it's not what makes me, it's not what creates me it's not, This is a vehicle for my anointing This is a vehicle for my gifting This is a vehicle for the way the Lord's using me But guess what, I can use this just as much at the fire department Monday through Thursday Or at my home, <laughs> come on now At my home, what, what, what does it look like to my kids If I'm a different person at home than what you see on the stage here I am more of a discipler and more of a leader and more of a a lover at home than I am here. You are seeing a glimpse, and it's been my conviction in my heart that my kids and my wife, my home, gets the very best of me. That actually you get the leftovers and that you don't get the priority and they get the leftovers. I'm, I'm not unashamed or sorry about that. This is the overflow, and these are the priorities. But guess what? This is only a vehicle. This, this microphone. I wish sometimes I had a real one. I don't like using them, but for illustrations like this, I wish I had a microphone. I think Josh about had a near-mini heart attack last time I threw one at Judah. This is a vehicle. This is not my identity. And if it becomes my identity, I can never drop that mic. I can never give it up. I can never usher in that next generation because I'm holding on to it too tight. The Lord himself deserves his glory. The Lord himself is father of all and father of lights and father of heavens and the earth, right? So so what happens is Moses is seeing this and he's saying, I can't go on. I can't even move and come and go. I have to pass this on to the next generation because he's a dad. He's giving it all away. If you remember David and the illustration of David, he was told that he was gonna rebuild the tabernacle, but a time came, he says, actually, it's not gonna be me, it's gonna be my son Solomon. But what did he do for the rest of his life? The rest of his life, he worked, and he set up provisions, he set up resources, he set up craftsmen, and he gave it all to Solomon. He said, here, it's all ready. There was so much given that we had to tell people to stop giving, and I worked the rest of my life to give it to the next generation. We gotta see past this year and past this moment and past this stage and see into a hundred years. There's things that need to be built that we may not see the completion of. That's a dad. That's a dad. That's Moses. Moses here saying, it's it's actually Joshua. Let me let me move on here. If you think about it, this is a story of, of not just a dad, but also a son. Before you can be a dad, you got to be a son. you got to walk in it. His humility, the way Joshua journeyed with Moses up to this point, he earned his trust. He earned his heart. There's this, we talk often about sons of blessing versus sons of legacy, right? There's something about sonship that when we are son or we're a daughter, we actually reflect the Father. When, when I began pastoring here, um, one moment here. i got to hydrate. When I became the pastor here, I I used this and and told you and told my dad, I want to be a Joshua. I I don't want some new vision. I don't want some new thing. My dad was a founding pastor with my mom, and and I didn't want some new thing, some fresh thing. I said, I just want to be a Joshua and carry out the vision the Lord gave you. That's my heart. My heart was to posture as a son. Now, now it it was a trial getting there. I came in as an arrogant son. I came in as an arrogant leader. When I got saved, I was on fire and thought I knew it all. Anybody else ever do that? Like when you turned 16 and you started driving or, or you became 18 and now you can move out, but you never did because you realized then that it was too expensive to do so? <laughs> I think I threatened it since the time I was 14, and I think I lived there till I was 23. <laughs> 22 or something. But, but here's the thing. I've, in a few months, I'll be, a, I'll be the pastor here as long as my dad was. There's, we're cresting over how long we each pastored this church and, and within by the time our 25 year anniversary comes I'll have been the pastor longer than my dad But my goal has never been to change everything And take over and never honor him My goal as a son has been to walk in humility And I had to discover that the hard way My, 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 my heart has been to serve and to, to lift up And now as I'm in this position My heart is to lift up the next generation I don't know what the next 12 and a half years looks like. I don't know what the next 13 years looks like. But I know this. I want the next generation to run with some things. To see them up here worshiping this morning in their hands in the air. Man. Unlike culture and unlike popular belief right now in media, our nation is in good hands if it goes to the right people. The thing is, we have to get it to the right people. We have to vote the right people in. We, we have to disciple these young people, but we have to be ready to let go of these microphones and let go of these platforms and let go of this stuff. It's, never, it's, never, it's not ours anyway. This isn't mine anyway. I didn't even want this. <laughs> I'm actually just waiting for them to take it over. <laughs> I didn't want it in the first place. No, with due time and due discipleship and due maturing, there is a process that happens. But the world, the kingdom, God needs moms and dads and leaders and mature people to usher in and and build up the younger people. Let me move on. There's this story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. And if you look about it, like my my point was that the difference between a a child and a, a parent or a son and a dad is a dad gives it all away. We look at the story of the prodigal son. Yeah, it's a story about a son returning home who spent his inheritance early on riotous living, but it's really a story about a loving father who's giving it all away. And if you go through some of the gifts, you look at the coat that was put on him, the coat of covering, the coat of significance, and we look at some of those sons of blessing, the sons of inheritance. When Elisha was out plowing, Elijah came up and put a a coat over him. He's like, come with me. And he had to quit everything he was doing and then be a son. And that led to an inheritance. And Elisha did get the double portion anointing. If we look at, at Jacob and the coat of many colors, his dad put that coat on him, significance, right? We look at David. And when he was at Jesse's house, we talked about this a few weeks ago. When he was at Jesse's house, they said, wait, there's one more, right? They went out. He was shepherding. He came in. And what did, what did, uh, what did they do? They poured the anointing oil on his head. It says the whole flask of oil. It's not like a little dab in our Pentecostal churches. It was a whole bottle of oil. They covered him, right? Signifying that he's no longer just a son of blessing in this house. He's a son of inheritance that's supposed to rule and reign as a king in Zion. We look at Jesus. The crown that he wore was the crown of thorns pressed on his head, covering his head. Going from son of blessing to son of inheritance so that we have an inheritance of heaven. So you go to this prodigal son store and you look at it and you, 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 you feel it, right? And this coat, and then you have the sandals, the sandals of peace, the sandals of purpose, right? The sandals that were meant to go, right? Go make disciples. Sandals on those bare, dirty feet were meant to go on a trek and meant for purpose. You look at the insignia ring, the ring that was put on his finger. Now that changed everything. I love this story. Whew. Because he took his inheritance too early and he got the money, but now the dad has been waiting for him while he was afar off. He saw him coming meaning he was looking for him and he was waiting for his return. He was anticipating it. Let me tell you this. Your kids have a safe father. Your grandkids have a safe father and he is awaiting for them even if they're afar off right now. Even if they're not serving the Lord right now, even if they're dabbling in some sin or, or temptations or whatever, the Lord sees them while they're still afar off and maybe in that hog pen. But he's safe and he's got them. But this ring, it changed everything. It changed from the kid getting the money to the kid getting the entire inheritance and the family and the authority. It was the insignia ring. It was the signature of the family. You would stamp that on ink and stamp it on a contract, meaning it was literally the family crest, the signature, the authority of all of what the family had. It was the authority, it was the inheritance, not just the money. Then you get to the fatted calf and the party and all this stuff. Again, the father just gave it all away. The prized possessions, the prized things of the family, he gave it all away. He wasn't holding anything back. I can't wait for my next message. It's called shark teeth. <laughs> because the Father withholds nothing for those who seek him. The Bible says, God says, I withhold nothing for those who seek me. I withhold no good thing for those who seek me. Imagine that Father. The Father, he says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. Why? Because he's, he's, he's so happy with you. He's so in love with you He's so joy filled with you And it says in Deuteronomy He'll never leave you Or forsake you That's the kind of father That we have in heaven That's the kind of father That created you And birthed you And now buys you And and chooses you Through the spirit of adoption To be born again And again And again And again And if you're like me I get born again like every day Because I have to I'm sorry Lord I messed up today Anybody else like that I get saved every day Because I have to let me move on here go with me to Galatians 4 and the band can come I got steak to grill so we're going to just we're going to seal this deal real early Galatians 4, 4 through 7 one of my favorite things to talk about is sonship because one of my favorite things to talk about is a good father the spirit of adoption is so close to my heart because I was saved and yet didn't know God as a father. I was raised in a church and didn't yet know God as a father. I was, uh, I was raised by pa- a pastor in my home. I knew the Bible, but I never knew God as a father. I knew him more as a judge than anything else. And that's why I, I, I hate condemnation. It's not the way to the father's heart. It's Jesus himself didn't do it. If you, if you look at the stories of the Bible, now I'm not... not, I'm not I'm not saying don't call people out of, of where they are because where they're supposed to be. I'm not saying if you have relationship and, and confess your sins one to another. I'm not, I'm not saying we just look the other way on everything. But we're not to condemn. We're not to push people down, rule them with a thumb. We're to call out the gold and call out the best and love them. And if you look at the example that Jesus did on earth, the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery, the woman with the issue of blood, it was all never calling out their issue, but calling out their destiny. Never just focusing on their history, but per, them to their destiny that's that's our calling we get to be like that so I love the father's heart I, I love you know Lave Hetland has been critical in this with me he's a spiritual father I'm, I'm so blessed I've had this amazing earthly dad I've got a great father-in-law who is just awesome to me our family mows my grass he's awesome And then I have a great spiritual father that's a mentor that provides spiritual insight. And and part of this father's heart message is is a big part of him and learning what sonship is and learning how to be a son and and what that is biblically, spiritually to our heavenly father. So we get to Galatians four here and Paul, he gets this. He he gets it, he gets it, he gets it. He writes about it several times. Two of the bigger focuses is here in Galatians four, but also in Romans eight. Romans eight is a power chapter. If, if you want to, if you're taking notes, include Romans 8 today because that is a power chapter. That is the heart of the Father. So, so we get to Galatians 4 here It says, but when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. When we started singing about the blood of Jesus this morning, I couldn't help but think that no when Nicole, before she ever came up, I was like, because of that blood, I'm now connected to the Father. Because of Jesus' blood, because of Christ's blood, I now have an eternal ticket to heaven to be with my heavenly family for eternity. And trust me, there was nothing I was gonna do on my own that could redeem me. There was nothing I could have done to be saved, to earn it, to to strive for it. I was a wretched, wretched man. But God, I was a selfish man. I was in so much sin and so much misery and depression and wanted to commit suicide, addicted to alcohol and pornography, but God. He not only saves us, He not only created us and saves us, He chooses us. God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law and sin, so that He could adopt us as His very own children Think about 1 John 3, 1. We are children of God. That is what we are. And because we are His children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out. Everybody say it. Abba, Father. Abba. It's like saying, Daddy. Why don't you stand with me? Because of Jesus coming to the cross and redeeming us and connecting us back to the Father, and his spirit of adoption and his spirit coming into us, we can now cry out, Abba. We can cry out through the spirit of adoption, Abba, that we weren't just born with our earthly, to our earthly, earthly mother, we were born again into the spirit of God. Just lift your hands right now. I just want you to just yell, Abba. It translates to daddy, come on, call for your daddy. Abba. Ah, but we love you. We thank you, Father. I believe there's a spirit of adoption here right now where he's revealing himself to you as a son, as a daughter who he's proud of, who he loves, who he gave himself ransom for. He who who knew no sin took on everything you have so that you could be a son, you could be a daughter, that you could have this eternal glory with this eternal father. Just cry out daddy or papa or father or God. For Abba, we thank you, Jesus, for your spirit of adoption. We thank you, Lord, that you love us, that you never leave us, that you never forsake us, that you didn't abandon us, that your mercy is full, your grace never fails. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. It says this now, verse 7. Now you are no longer slaves, but god's own child and since you are his child god made you his heirs now now i want to just i just want to focus on this just for a second before we get to the lord's prayer it says this you are his heirs you're his in romans 8 it talks about being a co-heir to christ meaning like it puts this position in a little bit of a weird way that you are the sibling or at least like, Jesus also is your brother because he was fully man, right? So God is the Father. Now, I'm not saying we're equals to Jesus. Don't, don't catch me the wrong way. But we're co-heirs, meaning we're heirs to the throne we're heirs to the kingdom we're heirs to everything that heaven has everything that heaven is everything that heaven has to offer and let me just tell you some things that aren't in heaven depression is not in heaven suicide is not in heaven bankruptcy is not in heaven divorce is not in heaven abortion is not in heaven murder is not in heaven sin is not in heaven addiction is not in heaven worthlessness is not in heaven oppression is not in heaven So when I have an heir to the kingdom and I have an heir to heaven, it means I get to pull down and live in a lifestyle of everything that heaven promises. I get to walk in the glory of the Lord. I get to walk in the light. I get to walk in the love. I get to walk in freedom because that's heaven. I get to walk rejoicing. I get to walk in the hope of Jesus. I get to walk in the hope of his return. I get to walk in the hope of seeing him face to face covered and redeemed and reconciled by the blood of Jesus. That's the Father's heart. Now, check this out. If he didn't want us to be sons and daughters, he would have never had us call him Father. And in two instances they're saying in the gospels to pray this and pray like this in matthew it says this it says after this manner therefore pray everybody with me our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done where on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now listen. That's packed so full. We could unpack that and spend week upon week upon week upon week unpacking the Lord's prayer. Because first off, he's saying, our Father, who's in heaven, who's above everything, let it be your name. Let your will be done where? as it is where let your will we are heirs so let heaven come down to earth and let it be an experience and a lifestyle and a culture and an atmosphere and a realm of glory that actually exists in heaven we are carriers to the kingdom Now, let me, let me, go, let me go one more here let me back up
1: I'll tell you how and
0: why 2 Corinthians 6, 16-18 I should take two weeks off every once in a while here Second, I'll be faster too. Second Corinthians 6:16 6, through18 says this: "For we are the temple of the living God. Holy Spirit, Abba himself, in spirit form, lives and dwells in us. so we can bring heaven to earth because he who's in heaven lives inside us, so a heaven realm becomes all around us when we're actually walking in the glory of the Lord." Now let me just say to you this. If I'm walking in my flesh, I can't walk in the glory of the Lord because I'm putting my own desires, my own ambitions, my own wants and need, all of that ahead of His. Because sometimes when, let me just say this, when I'm walking in the glory in His realm and His desires and His purpose, I have to deny myself to follow Him. Because sometimes I don't always want what He wants. Sometimes I don't always think how He thinks. But when I'm in Him and He's in me, I have the mind of Christ. So I get to bring this realm of of presence around me to where then when people around me they actually start to experience hope. They actually start to experience joy. They feel loved. They feel encouraged. They feel uplifted. And they're like, man, that dude's got something that I want. That dude's walking some way that I wanna walk. That's what a dad is. A good dad is somebody who becomes an example, again, of somebody that you want your kids to be like or that you want them to marry. I wanna be a dad and I wanna be a believer and I wanna be a follower and a son of Jesus and a child of God in a way that I want my kids to marry a person like that. That puts some accountability on me. Oh what, you mean you don't want a guy yelling at your daughter all the time? No, no I really don't. So don't yell at your daughters. You mean you want a guy that affirms them and believes them in and thinks they're beautiful and tells them that? Yup, well then you should probably do that, okay. See how I'm going with this. Let me let me finish that scripture. I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you. And here we go. And I will be a father to you. God Himself is saying through through Paul, he's saying, I will be a father to you, and I will shall be son, and you shall be sons and daughters to me says the lord god almighty come on somebody we are heirs and we get to cry out abba father our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Oh. because of the spirit of adoption we get to cry out daddy because we're his beloved sons and daughters all right here's what i want you to do I felt like there was a spirit of adoption already. I'm gonna seal that, but then I want you to bless one another. And I want you to take a moment and pray for one another. I know that there's people walking in here that needed the word that Josh put a seat at and Nicole put out publicly that God is safe. God the Father is a loving Father. God the Father is a redeeming Father. He is a forgiving Father. He is an affirming Father. And by affirm, I mean the affirmation of heaven. Let me make that very clear. What I mean is God is the perfect father who redeems you, reconciles you, gives you the ministry of reconciliation, covers you with his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, his love, his blood, his body paid that price. So I'm gonna pray for you and that that what we experience here with with the spirit of adoption where we can cry out, Abba Father, I'm gonna pray that that actually goes deeper and deeper and deeper in you and God gives you this crazy revelation of sonship and daughtership. That you get to see yourself as a little boy or a little girl walking with this Heavenly Father that's amazing. Let's do it that way, actually. I was going to pray for the impartation of the spirit of adoption. I'm going to do it by the way of creative miracle and an encounter. So just close your eyes with me. Close your eyes. Ask God the Father. Say, Father... Take me somewhere fun. Do something fun with me. Take me on an adventure right now. Now, with your mind's eye, just begin to envision that. Begin to experience that. I believe there are some of you girls that are dancing so freely with the Lord right now. I believe there's some boys probably playing ball with with the Father right now. Maybe even shooting guns or doing something really fun. What he's doing in the room right now is he's redeeming some things that maybe you didn't have on earth, but he's fulfilling some promises that he has in heaven, that he has for you here on earth. Okay, I want you to give father God like a big hug or a high five by, by a show of hands how many just had an encounter with, with father God you, you had some type of experience you saw yourself doing something with the Lord those of you who didn't I'm telling you you can do that you just ask it's not weird alright he says come up here I'll show you great mighty things I'll show you marvelous things revelations 4 he invites us to come up to the heavenlies So so he who sits in the heavens laughs, like there's all of this context to say he wants to have adventure with you, he wants to encounter you, he wants to be your father, and he wants you to be a little boy and a little girl with just a great big dad. The dad that created the universe, the dad that owns all the cattle and all the hills, the dad that has unending love for you and everybody around you. That's the dad that you get to have. So, what I want you to do is just take a moment, we're gonna dismiss this way, just, just take a moment and bless one another, see if there's anything that they can pray for, see if there's anything, maybe be vulnerable if you trust the person and just, um, maybe you have some father hurts, maybe there's some father wounds, maybe there's some, some things there that need some healing. Father God is in the healing business. His government is family and he loves you so much. Bless you guys, have an amazing week. You don't know this king of kings is your dad and you've not invited him to in your heart and asked the messiah to forgive everything he wants to today so our prayer team is also going to be up here and they're going to pray for you if you want prayer from them um, otherwise bless you pray for one another bless one another encourage one another as you leave happy father's day all the men love you guys